What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. Today, I am your host. It is Drees Drake Rogers up in the building, and I am joined by my better half, Mr. David Wise. Dave, what are we talking about for the people here today? Drake, we're going to talk Jared Verse. What's happening? No one knows. We're also going to talk some interesting Kevin Coleman news. Should we fall for it? I don't know. Also, we had another player enter the transfer portal today. Not memorable, which is why I don't remember his name. And lastly... I'm going to pick the last topic, and it's going to surprise everyone. And before barely, we will also be discussing Jamie Robinson officially coming yeah, back right. for the season as well. That's all right, Dave. It's all right. It's the first time you know, two of me and you have done this one by ourselves. But folks, thank you for much love and support. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, you know, follow us down on our Out Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, and also on YouTube. Hit the little like button, hit the subscribe, and ding the little bell. But we're not going to hold you back any further, folks. Let us go on with the show. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Happy Friday, everybody. It's, as I said earlier, in the top of the show, it's your boy Drake and Dave along for the ride today. As always, thank you for the love and support of listening, whether you're listening in your car, at the office of the gym, or you know, you're watching on YouTube, you know, on a little downtime. But let's not hold the poll back folks back any further. Dave, where do you want to go first? You want to go with the Jamie Robinson news first, or what's going on with Jared Verse, the talented defensive end from Albany? Got to start with Jared Verse. It's the talk of the town today on the message boards, on the Twitterverse. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. We know no more than you do because no one knows what the hell is happening. Doesn't matter if you're paid to know or not. Right, Drake? Yeah, pretty much. It's really hard. I think today's day and age of recruiting that like now you have access to NI- what's going on with NIL, social media as well. Like, so, like a lot of different sort of nuances and characteristics actually with recruiting nowadays. It's very hard to pick, figure out where kids going to go, and especially because there might be some kids out there that kind of decide at the very, very last minute. And like whatever is, you know, news an hour ago would already be old and moot news. Yeah. And with Jared verse in particular, it's felt like this one's been pretty close to the best. Like from what I know, the only thing we're going on is like what's been reported from a couple of paid FSU outlets. But, and, and like, so I went on the message board today and there was yet another story about a guy talking about his friend, whose friend, whose uncle knows something and that's where we're at with this Jared Verse news. We we need Jared Verse here. We'd love Jared Verse to come and play for us. I, I can't do this lying season stuff anymore, man. I have no idea. If he comes here, great. If he doesn't, that sucks. I'll be pissed at the coaches. Feels like we're at that place again. I mean, yeah, but unfortunately, you know, with especially with transfer kids, typically, in my personal opinion, these kids kind of have an idea of where they're going to end up actually from the from the jump before they enter the portal. I just think, you know, they just do a feeling out process to kind of solidify and make the decision. But you're right with Jared Verse. No one knows what's going on. I think even when Bud Elliott plays Crystal Ball and actually think for two four seven, he kind of put a little caveat with it, which to me it's it's di- I mean it's difficult. Like that's why none of us in the recruiting episode, you know, in the recruiting field, and also why Max isn't on here because Max is a normal person and doesn't care about the what the happenings of a teenager going to college. But let's push yeah. back the Jared Verse, you know, topic, and let's talk about someone that actually is on the team and it's coming back. And Jamie Robinson, Dave, how important is it that we are actually getting back J Rob for the coming season? I, I don't know exactly why he came back. He had a great year. He arguably is our top returning defensive back, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're probably 
with all the losses we're going to have on the D line and the linebackers being nothing to speak of, there's an argument to be made, especially if Fabian Lovett doesn't come back, that he could be our best returning defensive player overall, right? I agree with that, primarily because we saw when he moved from cornerback into primarily playing, I guess, a lot of safety more, our play calling was a lot better. You see he kind of played the quarterback of the defense in that sort of respect. And he also, he led the team in tackles. He was always there to clean up, you know, whenever all the mistakes from our rookie cornerbacks, whether it be Amarion Cooper and a Kevin Knowles. He kind of got was able there be able there to help out a struggling Jarvis Brownlee, a struggling Jerry and Jones, and also for an Akeem Den who came back, you know, after being injured. Which to me, he's like he's probably just as important, if not more important, in my personal opinion, than Jermaine because he's here for more than one year. Because I think he can have a lasting impact on our DBs, and also with our DB room, that's kind of like how we make our bread and butter with our defense. Yeah, and it's really even more exciting because that defense got better and better as the year went on. Like, especially you, but we were ready to put Fuller's head on a pitchfork like really early on in that season. And Extremely early. Each, probably too early, in my I, personal opinion. Probably, <laughs> yeah. And as each game went by, the defense got better and better, and Jamie Robinson had a lot to do with that. So, look, it's going to be tough losing Jermaine Johnson and still starting next year where we left off from this past year. But if there's any chance to continue the defensive momentum that we ended last year with, it has to start with getting back a player as important as Jamie Robinson, who also got better as the year went on. Yeah, he got better as the year went on because I remember specifically, if people that don't remember, and I know it's we kind of should try to push it back and block it out of our minds, he was one of the defensive backs actually on that Jacksonville State play. Yeah. Where he kind of, I mean, if you ask him, you probably look at the film. It looks like he gave up on the play, even though, I, in my opinion, I think he thought that either Jarvis Brownlee or Sidney Williams kind of had the war receiver for the tackle, and you kind of like lit up a little bit there. But I think it's really big to show like how he went from that point to being probably one of the leaders actually on our defense. And to me, that's someone I'm very excited to ha- excited about having come in for 2022, along with the greedy Vance too, because like as we said, greedy Vance coming in is definitely going to push someone else out. And also, we saw Tatum Bethune come in, and someone actually did get pushed out for that spot. But that's tease, folks, in the biz, as we call it. Before we get to that, let me tell you about our folks over at GetUpside. Dave, you're a fan of GetUpside, correct? I am. I literally used it today. And it's funny that they're our sponsor because, and this is not scripted at all, and I have no need to say this other than that I've actually been using it for like two years now and have gotten real money from using GetUpside for getting gas that I was going to buy anyways. So can you explain to the folks actually how exactly it works? Yes. You go on the app when you're going to a gas station or when you're on your way to a gas station, it tells you which gas stations around are participating in the program. It tells you how much per gallon, how many cents per gallon you'll get uh, as cash back for getting that gas. So if you're filling up a tank with like 15, to 20 gallons and you're getting 10 cents back per gallon, you're talking, you know, a couple bucks here and there, but that adds up if you're buying a lot of gas. Now, folks, I don't know if you're like me. Like, I've been on the travel a lot lately. I'm actually in Tampa currently. I'll be going to Orlando for a week. Shout out, Cam. I got to text you. I'll let you know I'm actually in town for once when I'm in Orlando. I know you hate it when I don't tell you. But, folks, download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE. That is S-C-O-R-E to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And, folks, you know what time it is. You know what day it is. It's BetOnline.ag time, folks. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the latest sports action, whether it be NHL, 
and you, you got NFL playoffs coming up. Basketball is kind of getting near the all-star game and boxing. Well, Jake Paul is probably going to fight in very, very soon. I think probably in April. So you kind of want to get the odds on that. So folks, head over to Bell Line and use promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a fifty percent five zero welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, we are back from you know Dave's soliloquy about Get Upside, but folks, trust me, that's a great app. Dave loves that. Dave just convinced me to finally start using it, and I'm actually very excited to start saving some money and accept anything, whether it be a Venmo, PayPal, or wherever I get my money from. So, Dave. We did kind of, you know, allude a little bit to Tatum Bethune. If he did commit, if he did come in, that there were probably was going to be some not attrition, but some, you know, players leaving out of the portal. Uh, we heard today that Jordan actually Eubanks kind of has entered his name in the portal. Remember, he dropped a little edit, you know, on the timeline today. So, what do you make of actually, you know, Tatum Bethune coming in, taking that spot? And like, what do you see as the future room, future of the linebacker room? Well, Drake, we're not here to brag. And I'm not going to talk negatively about teenagers and our football players if I don't have to. But we said pretty early on that Jordan Eubanks was not an FSU quality player and that he would not play at FSU. And lo and behold, it seems that message was either received or delivered. And look, the linebacker room has been just, for lack of a better term, trash for the better part of a decade, maybe more. So anytime we're pushing out players who aren't or can't contribute and bringing in players who can be productive, there is literally no downside to that. It, that was, that was, we, we got a transfer who's going to be productive. That's only a win. You can't spin it any other way, right? Yes and no. And I say it because, I mean, I do agree with you. When I saw the Jordan Eubanks kind of offer go out and the commitment was like, I'm like, do we have, does Mike have enough time to bring in a developmental prospect like this? Now, Jordan Eubanks, to his credit, he actually did get in the size, did get in the weight. I think he's listed at six foot two, 225, 230 pounds. If you look at it on, on Stendhal's website, which, hey, he gained the weight and worked really hard. But I think we're at a point right now, and Mike understands it too, that it's very important that all the position groups not only have defined talent, but talent actually can lead towards and wins and not be a total, a, a total detriment actually onto the field. And that's kind of where we see, as you and Max kind of always talk about, the worst parts of our team. There's a linebacking core and the wide receiver. That's where most of our games, you know, are won and lost. And Tatum Bethune coming in, I think that's great. I think there's another kid actually from Central Michigan that just entered the portal. I think he has like almost 200-something sa- uh, tackles. Sacks, that'd be great if he had 200-something yeah, sacks. Right. But, but yeah, his name is Troy Brown. So I want to see more and more kids like someone come in because I think we're in an era right now where the transfer portal is just as important, if not even more important, than the high school ranks, especially because I give Mike a lot of flack for recruiting. But there's something different when he hits a transfer portal kid. I think actually he is very good at finding talent in the portal. Yeah, like, look, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and getting the same result and typically it not being a good one. Well, look, we've tried or done not good, not done well at trying at the linebacker position now for long enough that something has to change. The kids we've been, the type of player we've been recruiting, the way we've been recruiting, Whatever it is, I don't know exactly what it is, but linebacker hasn't worked out. Something's got to change. And if it starts with Tatum Bethune, I, I don't know what's going to change it, but something big has to change. I think so. I'm I'm 100% in agreement with there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Eubanks is not the last, I guess, person from yeah. the linebacker room to actually, you know, go and seek playing time elsewhere, like as he should. 
Now let's go over to the other side of the ball where we discussed mm. another part of the team where we you know we need more talent. We need to see mm. more improvement. And that's Kevin Coleman. Now, as we said earlier, you know, no one knows anything that's going on with recruiting. I mean, they do, but it's really it's really, really different nowadays. And and also 18-year-old kids, you know, I when I was 18, I made a decision one day, and then literally 20 minutes later, I flip off on that decision. So we never know what's gonna happen. But Steve, uh, Steve Wolfong, aka the Fong Father 247, dropped a little nugget where he said that Kevin Coleman, if Miami does not make a OC hire with before Sunday, before the game, actually before Saturday, the game, the under all American game where he he's supposed to announce he actually thinks that we may lead for that dave what do you make of that do you actually believe that to be the case or are you, is this something that it's hoped out there for us to believe in and then our dreams will be crushed and we will have to look at other wide receiver options hey man guess what i've been hurt enough this offseason i'm not doing lying season lying season is closed for me until further notice until i'm given a reason to lie i'm not lying to myself kevin coleman's not coming here the coaching staff should have closed on him uh, before Mario Cristobal was even hired. I hate that he's going to Miami, but he's going to Miami. Well, I do think it is important where Steve Wolfong saying that. Because Steve Wolfong, I will say, was the one that did put in. No, he did pick Marvin Jones Jr. to go to Georgia. He was actually one of the first people when he was hearing <laughs> out that Travis Hunter was going to Jackson State. So I do think that of all people, I think him and Josh Newberg, in my personal opinion, are two people that actually we should you know, put a little more weight to behind what they're saying when it comes to recruiting. But I'm also with you there because I don't think Kevin Coleman is going to base where he's going to go off of if the OC hire is just someone out of completely left field. And also, I think from what we've seen with, with how Mark Cristobal is assembling his staff, whether it be Alex Mirabel, whether it be his new wide receivers coach, I think he's going to make a, a good enough hire or sell the hire enough to Kevin Coleman to kind of seal that deal. And that just, to me, would be an indictment on Ron Dugans one more time. Right. And quite honestly, his extension, I'm sorry, his extension window is to the 31st. Like, to me, if he lands Kevin Coleman, I don't think that would even be a saving grace. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's kind of my thoughts on the matter. Yeah, look, the coaching staff has continuity right now and had a chance to close on a kid who, look, if it was important that for him, that he know the OC hire, that he know is like, who's going to be coaching him? Well, then obviously he thought about that with FSU and he didn't like the prospect. I have to imagine of who'd be coaching him, right? So he either didn't like the idea of Ron Dugans as his receiver coach or didn't like the idea of a Mike Norvell offense. And I have a really hard time believing it's the second one. It's got to be the first one. And or he was offered a ton more money by Miami than he was Florida State in some kind of NIL capacity. I don't I, I'm not I'm going to choose not to believe that it's the third one. I'm going to believe that it was the first one. And Ron Dugans has given me no reason to believe otherwise. Well, the third one is, you know, we can't do that because, you know, state Florida schools are not uh, allowed yeah, to permit yeah. to go through NIL and all that stuff like that. But I do think primarily it might mainly be dealing with, I think it might be Dugans, which that hurts to say. And that to me kind of like is the final nail in the coffin for Ron Dugan's coaching career here actually at Florida state. I mean, he was a great player here, but so far one of the big things we heard about from his time in Miami while he was a wide receivers coach there, the recruiting was good, but the drops were always there. The lack of separation was there. And we have seen that actually now at FSU. And not only that, we don't have the thing outside of Malik McLean and Destin Hill, who still hasn't been able to set foot on campus. We haven't really seen the recruiting, you know, the fruits of his labor for that. So Terry got worse, man. Terry was one of the best receivers in college football and got worse. I know he got injured, but he also got worse. And if that's not on the wide receiver coach, 
I don't know who it's on. I don't know, but I think we'll be fine moving forward. Like, I don't think Dugans will be, you know, be, be here past January 31st. For my money, I would promote Yak, not for promote Yak. I would put Yak in the wide receiver spot and then bring in a proven talent for running backs because I think with running backs, Norvell kind of understands how his offense wants to work with that. Alex Atkins also was the run game coordinator at Charlotte. So I'm not worried about who fills that spot, but I do think Coach Yak, with what he's done with recruiting at Louisiana, whether it be at Byron Turner, Destin Hill as well, because I think he was the primary recruiter there. I know Dugans kind of helped because that was his position. And also, I think with Corey Wren as well, I think those are players that Yak can, you know, point to that he can actually develop them moving forward. But Dave chose the last segment. I'm not going to lie to you folks. I don't even know what it is. But before we do that, let me tell you all about Built Bar. Folks, you all know that my favorite flavor is the Cherry Barcia. Dave, what's your favorite flavor? Uh, cookie dough. Easy. God, you really do have a sweet tooth. And you know Max is the peanut butter brownie guy, but folks... Built Bar is the most nutritiouser, most deliciouser, and those are real words, folks. Look it up, look it up in the dictionary. Protein bar that's out there because typically, protein bars kind of taste a little sandy, a little chalky. There's not that much flavor, and Built Bar is everything but those. Now, go over to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you get 15%. That's 1-5% off your order by using promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Built Bar has cookies and cream. Mint brownie, coconut almond, raspberry, so many flavors to choose from with only four grams of sugar, four net carbs. And head on over right now to built.com to get the best protein bar out there today. All right, Dave. Now we're here to the conclusion of the episode, and we are here for your third segment now. Folks, I have no idea what this man is going to pick. Even in pre pro, he would not tell me. Dave, the floor is yours. What do you want to end off today and send the folks home with? Well, Drake. The last two days, we've had a little bit of a theme going, and the theme has been the quarterback room. It's a hot topic. The most important position on the field. Hot topic. Hot topic. Great store back in the day. But Great store anyway. back in the day. Anyways, so we talked yesterday about what 2021 might have looked like if Jordan Travis hadn't been available the whole season. So Jordan Travis is still our quarterback, and he's QB1, but injuries happen. Injuries to Jordan Travis happen a lot. So what does a 2022 Florida State football season look like if Jordan Travis is unavail- unavailable the whole year? Drake, first thoughts. So, folks, we did this in the past few days. I think for the first day we talked about, you know, how important he was to the team. And then last, yesterday we did the 2021 season, like how we feel the team would do. I think we all kind of met in the middle where I think we would only win three games overall. You should look at our schedule. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm actually I'm pulling up the schedule right now as I'm, you know, biding for time. That's kind of why I'm doing this long soliloquy. So I'm looking at the schedule right now. We open up with Duquesne. And Max and I, I think a few episodes back, did our little win probability, win expectancy type of thing. I'll put the little link up right here so you can click on that. Uh, Duquesne, to me, without Jordan Travis, I think that's a W. I yeah. think Duquesne, that's a team that you should beat up on. Now, I'm not making a guarantee because we all saw the Jacksonville State game last year, but that should be a win. LSU, would to me, would be a loss, primarily because I think Brian Kelly, I think, is actually a good quarterback's coach. They do have Miles Brennan. Which quarterback? Which quarterback would be starting that game? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, if... In my personal opinion, if you on Jordan Travis starting game one from for 2022, if he's not healthy, I hope they use Tate Rodemaker. And I say that primarily because I think Ada Duffy is someone that needs the, actually the full time to acclimate to the playbook and also size because, as, as I said yesterday, Toba Purdy played one spring scrim- one uh, false scrimmage after being there for I think for four months and was out for a collarbone and we have and he's been since been since, since been in the transfer portal. So are to you me telling, are you telling me 
Tate Rodemaker is not going to beat LSU. What? Yes, Dave. Yes, Dave. <laughs> Dave Rodemaker will not be leading us against LSU. So to me right there, we start off one on one. And now for those of you that know, the ACC schedule has not dropped for all the dates for the rest of the games. But if we're looking at games, we have Florida, we have UF at home, Boston College at home. Same thing with Clemson, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest. But our away games are at Louisville, UM, NC State, and Syracuse. And quite frankly, I think the only games you probably would win, probably Georgia Tech. Wake Forest is going to be on the downslope next year, even though Sam Hartman is back. They lost a lot Syracuse. of weapons. We would probably beat Syracuse. Primarily because, like, I think this was probably a kind of more of a fool's gold year for Dino Babers, but I think you would see losses at Miami, at NC State, probably Florida, definitely Louisville, Malik definitely Louisville. Back. Yeah, Malik Cunningham is a great QB, and quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost to a UF at home. I know Billy Napier is there now, but we'll see who they have as a quarterback. I think with Jack Miller or you know Emory Jones. I think Emory Jones is no longer transferring, and then you have the Raging Cajuns, who we have no idea you should beat them by thirty, but again. I think this is more of a further point to illustrate how important Jordan Travis is to this team and to the success of this team. I think it's important that we're saying that because we were probably the biggest Jordan Travis, you know, non-believers coming yeah, into the season. For sure. And what we just described was a four-ish win team, maybe five if that's a good year. And you're going to hear us talk about it all off-season long. And you're going to hear a lot of other outlets talk about it. It is important that we get to get to eight wins next year. We we said this year six wins was important. We barely missed that mark. And a lot a lot of that had to do with Jordan Travis injury, the fact that we only won five games. But next year, an important step has to be taken. Eight wins is an important step. If we're talking about a four or five win team, it's gonna be really, really hard to recruit a class that's gonna make a difference at FSU. The fact that we're flirting with a top ten class after a five-win season is ridiculous. But if you follow up a five-win season, after you're promising these kids, we're climbing, we're doing this thing here, we got it going on, with a four- or five-win season, meaning you've either gotten worse or haven't gotten better, how the hell do you let your kid go to play for that? If, If you can't believe the message being sold to you at that point. And yeah, they'll say, oh, but our quarterback was hurt. Well, sure. That And that if that's true, then... Super. That sucks. But I don't know. Um, Mike Norvell kind of feels like he's on a hot-ish seat with a lot of fans. You will lose an awful lot of the alumni base that actually cares about Florida State football. Not if you win. A, if you go 7-5, and five, people will be pissed, but it'll be whatever. 6-6 six and six maybe even. People will be really pissed, but they'll probably be able to get over it because we're making a bowl game. You don't make a bowl game next year. I don't care what the reason is. Uh, that's unacceptable, and Mike Norvell will be on the flaming seat at that point. I can agree with that because I think the so, folks. First up, before I go into that, I want to thank you all for all your tw- all your Twitter comments on our videos, also on YouTube as well. Because I think the fan base, from what I'm seeing right now through YouTube, is eight and four or seven wins is the right direction. I have Rockford yeah. City right here commenting eight and four is the right direction. I also have Irv Guy saying the same thing. And I mean, from pretty much everyone, when we ask the question, what is good enough? And I think right now we have seven wins and eight wins is kind of the primary is the benchmark that needs to be met. Because I do agree with you where I think right now, like I mean, I will tell you right now, I'm probably one of the more negative or down, you know, people actually on the staff currently. But that's more of a fact because I, I have a feeling that he can win more of these games. Yeah, I think he really I think he really, really can because like. The one he speaks, he's able to sell his vision very well. And I can see what he wants to do. And like, as much as you know, I talked about Brandon Sinone or Max talking about the very deep numbers. The numbers are there and they prove that that team is actually improving as a whole. 
And then while the high school recruiting is not what we want, he's killing in the transfer portal, which is one thing that, like, you know, we never saw that. It's, it's uncharted territory for FSU football and college football as a whole is primarily making a roster with transfers. And our best players were people on the team that weren't there last year, and it's not just us. The number one receiver probably in the country right now, Jameson Williams, is a transfer to Alabama. Number one running back in the league is Kenneth Walker III, who was transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State. So it's really interesting that I think Mike, in my personal should probably dive a little more forward, head first into the portal to kind of, you know, make his roster up. And I'm right there with you because eight wins, to me, it's good enough because we all know that Coburn said two years ago, six and six isn't good enough. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of where I stand. Now, before we let the folks go, Dave, do you have any last words for everyone everyone at home? Yeah, we, we've we seen the Norvell vision. You can only sell a vision for so long. It's put up or shut up time. 2022 is the year. Jordan Travis is going to be a large part of whether we get to that. Like you said, you and I were probably more down on Jordan Travis as our QB1 than anyone. I have come around to the idea that he gives this team the best chance to win. I don't care what the reason is. If we go, if if we don't make a bowl game next year, I, I'm I'm all good and I'm all done on Mike Norvell as our coach. I'm giving him another chance. I'm gonna wipe the slate clean right here, January sixth, seventh. As you're listening to it, Mike Norvell, I believe in you. Travis Hunter screwed us. Not your fault, I guess. But I need to see it. Show me. It's show me here. Hashtag show me something I said a few weeks ago. Look at the video up top where I just posted. But no, I'm right there with you with Jordan Travis. I definitely think that he's gonna be. He, is probably is the most important piece on our team because he yeah. probably is the best player on our team. He's the most dynamic first quarterback in the country right now with his legs. I'm excited to see him lead the charge. And we are here at Locked on Semos. excited to be there with you all the way through. Folks, thank you so much for the love and support. As always, we get to do this every single day, Monday through Friday. And listen, Max isn't here for that, but trust me, he loves you as well. Please don't forget, five-star reviews, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Also with YouTube, Hit the like button, hit the subscribe little banner up top to make sure you know you get all our videos. And even more, hit the little bell to make sure you know when our new content drops each and every single day. Also, we do have a Discord community where you can come join us where we discuss, you know, fan mail, where we discuss themes for the upcoming shows as well. And we make fun of Dave's gambling picks because they're terrible. But awful. 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 Hashtag fade Dave forever. Now, Dave, myself, we'll see y'all next time on Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Get better at this basketball, please.